It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anto, yes! Touchdown, did he get it? <laughs> I conveniently <laughs> turn on the mic <laughs> just as you clear your throat. <laughs> Good Monday morning. <laughs> yes, I'm... <laughs> I'm doing fine this Monday. It wasn't bad at all. <laughs> one of the one of those weekends. Uh, welcome what? on into the full court press. I, I should say is uh, we had somebody text in on Sunday, uh, five four five two. Say hey, things are looking up. The Aggies didn't get embarrassed this week, and the self-proclaimed college football champion YBU Cougars were beat down handily by Oregon. So you know, good weekend. Hey, good weekend. Good weekend. Since we're on that topic, San Diego State got embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> I have things to say about that. <laughs> uh, what crazy? Uh, I'll call it a topsy turvy weekend for sports generally around here. I mean, yeah, Utah State didn't play, uh, but it was a kind of an unpredictable Region Eleven Friday night. It was an unpredictable Mountain West schedule, which started Friday night. <laughs> wild weekend in the NFL with a couple of games that looked like one team was going to win at the very end and then it totally flipped. Um, so anyway, it was it was a wild weekend. Uh, we had a great opportunity to, well, I had the opportunity to speak with Blake Anderson <laughs> yeah. on Friday. We, You all had the opportunity to hear it. So did I. My, my biggest, uh, I guess, regret there is that we, we couldn't get that earlier in the week because I think it got lost in everything going on on Friday and through the weekend. So I don't know that people, enough people got to hear what he had to say. Uh, I know he spoke today, and we'll get to some of his comments today as he met with a, a variety of media people to get ready for UNLV. But um, I, I thought he had some really interesting things to say in my interview on Friday. So not to pump myself up or anything. It's just that I thought he had some interesting things to do to discuss and, and talk about the state of his team. Now, some of those messages were repeated today in his press conference with the media, but, um, but we, you know, we broke some news on that interview with Philip Paya. Uh, just talked about him, this team looking for leadership. And that was a theme that continued today about looking for leadership and uh, what they're trying to do to figure themselves out, self-scouting from the top down, and trying to apply play calling and schemes to this team based on what worked a year ago. And I think this this coaching staff is realizing that's not fair to this squad. They need to change their philosophy a bit based on the personnel they have in front of them. Yeah, there was some things, you know, when you do the interviews in this kind of week, you know, there's a lot of coach speak. But there were definitely some things that came out that he was honest about and that you can take away. He mentioned things like leadership and about, you know, he talked about, uh, you know, not being the same as last year. We've all wanted them to be the same as last year. We keep comparing them to last year. They keep comparing themselves to last year. 
But whether or not maybe they're coming to the realization now, um, you know, maybe it's now they're just realizing, hey, we need to actually not try and be like last year. Or maybe it's something they just haven't said until now. You know, they do need to try and be their own team because when we look at last year, they did have some talented wide receivers that at this point we've realized they don't have anymore. We all wanted, me especially, wanted to pump these guys up to be close to last year's receivers. You know, Brian Cobbs, you know, maybe not matching in terms of archetype with anybody on last year's team, maybe Derek Wright a little bit, maybe kind of a mix between Derek Wright and Devin Tompkins. Um, you know, Justin McGriff maybe being someone like Derek Wright, and then Kyle Van Leeuwen maybe being a Brandon Bowling. We kind of wanted to compare them and say, hey, we've kind of replaced some of these guys. They haven't. They clearly aren't working. Um, they can. Im- there's possibility for them to improve, but maybe they need to focus on trying to do things differently. You can't haul the ball 50 yards down the field and expect our guys to just burn everybody and get down there. You know, I was watching a lot of. Ga- I was watching some game film this weekend of last year's games, and just seeing Devin Tompkins again, I was like, "Holy cow! What did we lose? Like, what did we lose in this man? It's just spectacular what he was able to do, and we kind of took that for granted because now we don't have it." Yeah, right. Uh, just the ability to create separation, go up and get a ball, and that that once that ball's in the air. It's coming to him. No one else is going to get it. He's going to go get it wherever it is on the field within reason. And sometimes without reason. I mean, he still, <laughs> still made attempts. And that's something that we've been realizing. And, uh, you know, in the spring, I saw Cobbs make some great plays. I saw, you know, a couple other guys making some plays, but we didn't see a lot of bon- We didn't see any Bonner in the spring. And then in the fall, we saw some limited opportunities. It was closed practices, so we only saw two scrimmages. And you and I were both at those scrimmages in the fall. We saw Cobbs be available on some deep routes and make some plays. We saw Terrell Vaughn make some plays. So we, we saw these wide receivers. We saw Kyle Van Leeuwen. We saw some others making some plays. We did see some drops. Uh, we saw a few overthrows. But Based on what we were seeing and what we were hearing from the coaches, the okay, this may not be quite as dynamic by one or two players like we had a year ago, but there's more versatility in this wide receiver core. I still believe that's there, and I still believe that's the case, but for a variety of different reasons, we just we haven't really seen it yet. Yeah, I think they're just struggling to fit guys in certain places because you mentioned Cobbs being the lead receiver. He's not the burner, and see, he's not like the number one guy where you just you send him down the field. He's got to be more the possession guy, him and McGriff, where they've got to be you know, good route runners. Physical. Yeah, physical, and we're seeing some good route running, like they do the hitches pretty well. Um, haven't seen much over the middle, which is kind of weird because last year Bonner thrived on some of those inter- intermediate passes over the middle. Like he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country in that you know 10-plus yards kind of over the middle. He'd be hitting bowling and right and Tompkins all over that, and we've not seen, throwing some Jordan Nathan too. Yeah, but we've we've not seen Cobbs really take advantage of the middle, or you know McGriff's done some in the middle, and so I feel like maybe that's one area where they can get a little more creative and actually take advantage. Because right now he's just slinging it to the sidelines. That's all he's doing. 
most of his passes are coming in a short intermediate area on the sidelines. These little hitch routes. Um, and there's not a lot of creativity in the pass game. So I, I feel like, you know, we mentioned we've seen talent out of these guys. I feel like maybe there's a bit more from the coaching staff to put these guys maybe a little bit better situations where it becomes a little bit harder to guard these guys. Right, and, and attacking space, uh, that's not something that we've really seen much of. So uh, adjusting the play calling based on your personnel is a big, big key every year for every coaching staff. It should be. Uh, there's a tendency to do what worked a year ago, but your personnel change. Uh, so that's that's always kind of the, the threat that a lot of coaches fall into, um, that trap that they fall into. And it's not unique to here. I mean, that happens at every level, everywhere you go. Um, but I, I think that's not to say that I don't believe that these coaches – weren't aware of uh, what their personnel were coming into the start of the season. But um, I think we all kind of expected that once these games started going, that some things would kick in, but it hasn't quite happened. Yeah. And well, one thing is you talk about conservative play calling, and that was something that came up in the, in the interview you did. And Coach Anderson had a very solid explanation of kind of what they were thinking and seemingly very honest, where he said, okay, against UConn, UConn, they were dropping eight all the time, and they – and they were wanting to run the ball anyway, so they ran the ball because that's what UConn showed them. You drop A, okay, you run the ball. So they did that. And he basically admitted that they were being conservative. Because um, obviously you prompted him with that, but then he kept saying, yeah, we were conservative. <laughs> um, and against Alabama, you know, with UConn, I kind of understood. With Alabama, he was like, well, with how he basically said, with how good Alabama was, we didn't want to be aggressive. That's kind of what he said. Right. Basically, reading between the lines, the thought was, if we try to go downfield, they're going to pick us off. We're going to get catastrophic turnovers, and we don't want to do that. So we'll just try to keep it close and uh, keep it conservative. Yeah. And that's very much what they did against Alabama. So two games you have conservative. And, you know, he said against Weber State, and I agree with this, they were more aggressive against Weber State. Uh, if you look at it, um, based on PFF's, PFF's numbers – Bonner had 17 throws uh, that went 10 yards or more beyond the line of scrimmage. He had 16 in the first two games combined. So he slung the ball a bit more. But as Anderson said, and as everyone noticed, there was no execution. And so some of that's on the wide receivers. Some of that was missed throws. So there was a bit more aggression, and I think maybe, I don't know about creativity, but just they were trying a bit more against Weber State, and it just didn't work. So going forward, I think we're going to start seeing a little more aggression, especially against UNLV, and hopefully they'll be able to execute this time, and then we'll be able to see you know a little more production out of this offense. Well, one of the things that we learned today in the press conference is that this coaching staff scouting UNLV see a lot of similarities in what we saw again with Weber State. They played man coverage. They're physical uh, on the line. They'll attack you. And those are things that have bothered Utah State so far in their games early on this season. When teams play man coverage and they're physical, uh, Utah State gets out of their sorts. And that's something that this UNLV team has improved from where they were a year ago. And the Aggies were, frankly, kind of lucky to get out of that one in Las Vegas last year with a victory. And this is a better UNLV team than they were a year ago. Yeah, basically the one advantage that we've got going is that it's going to be at Utah State this time. But it is evened out by the fact that UNLV is just straight up better than they were last season. They're better passing. 
Um, of course, last year they their running back ran the ball for like 220 yards against Utah State. So, well, their running back this year just did that just this last weekend against North Texas. He put yeah. up over 200 yards on the ground. Yeah, so this is going to be a dangerous team for you know Utah State to face, and it'll be a great test. You know, you, you mentioned the man coverage. You got to face that again. Because if you struggle again, it was like what I was saying last week where, all right, here's the playbook on beating Utah State. Man coverage. <laughs> tapes and they, out. Yeah, man coverage and they fold. You've got to be able to beat one-on-one coverage. Cobbs and McGriff, they're two guys that are, like, ideal for beating man-to-man coverage with their size. Tompkins was kind of that way with his speed. But you've got two big wide receivers who, with precise route running and physicality, should be able to beat any Mountain West corner worth their salt. But they couldn't do that against FCS corner, so they better shape up this week. And I really hope that that was a big part of their film study was, look, McGriff, you didn't beat a corner who was like 40 pounds lighter than you. And six inches smaller. Yeah, seven inches. It's seven. It's like <laughs> 5'11". So I keep harping on McGriff, and I, I'm telling you, I'm not trying to hate on McGriff. It's just that I'm really frustrated. It's like me and you, I think, are on the same page. We don't hate McGriff. We hate that he's not as good as we want him to be. Well, yeah, he has huge upside, huge potential. And it's not just him. And that's, and I think that's been a fairly consistent message here is that there are uh, a lot of guys that I think we had expectations of, and we haven't quite seen it yet. Um, we're going to see more Nana Davis. We're going to see more Terrell Vaughn in replacement of Kyle Van Leeuwen, who is out for the rest of the year with a knee injury. Um. I don't know that they're necessarily the answer alone, but it's a it's a collective thing about effort, physicality, and want to. Um, and I think that's something that uh, this coaching staff has been addressing. Coach Anderson today said that he and his coaching staff have met individually with pretty much every player who regularly sees the field. That, that says a lot in my mind. Like they're taking one-on-one time with every player who's a – if you're on the field, you're a starter, or you're an impact player, or if you, you're a regular rotation guy, that, that's a lot of guys to go talk to one-on-one. And for multiple reasons, check in on them, but also what can we do here? How can we be better? And impress upon them you know, their own individual role that they play in that and to uh, make sure they feel that support and confidence that you know, we can do this, but we need your help. Yeah, and this was the perfect time to have that kind of, you know, spend that kind of time doing those kind of things where it's like, yeah, we, we've got to just get down to it. We can't solve this by just getting everyone together and screaming at them and saying how much you suck because that usually doesn't work. No. You, you need to go to everyone and say, all right, let's talk this out. We're all adults here. Let's talk about this, what's going wrong. Own up to what everyone's doing wrong, each person's own faults. Address that work on it, talk through it, be on the same page, then you can start moving forward. Well, Coach uh, also said that there was a player-only meeting that was called this last week, that the players got together on their own, and the, 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 the player leadership came through to talk about things, to clear the air, to uh, and have others step up and, and be leaders. And one of the things that was discussed was Logan Bonner really taking ownership that, hey, I have struggled this year. I have not been as efficient and as, and as good as I need to be. 
that's not easy to do. But he uh, he stepped up and talked about that and expressed, you know, he's got anxiety over his over his knee. He's been medically cleared. It's been checked multiple times, but he still has some anxiety over with trusting his knee. And that's that's pretty common in sports. There's uh especially in the with those knee injuries, the athletes feeling like they have confidence that their their legs not going to give out on them and they have to go through another long rehab. Yeah, that's you know, you said it's a very common thing for athletes, and I think everyone listening can probably relate to some much smaller scenario where, you know, you hurt yourself and it took you a while to trust you to trust that part of your body. Of course, that's an incredibly small scale compared to what Bonner does. He has to overcome that in basically wartime conditions. He has to run around trusting his knee won't give out while he's running away from 300-pound defensive tackles. That's an incredibly... You know, that's that's a very easy way to cause anxiety for someone, you know, for what was a somewhat traumatic experience for him. I want to remind you about our Full Court Press text line. It's open if you want to weigh in over the crazy weekend that was from starting at Friday night through the weekend. 435-339-0321 to chime in. 5338 as a text. Hey, Jason, I hate announcers too. SEC ones are the worst. Signed, Bowler. Craig Bullerjack called an SEC game over the weekend, I guess. Did he? Be my guess. I don't know which one. Uh, also from 5338, how about those Cougars? You know, this is pretty, pretty typical um, roller coaster ride for BYU. They have an early season upset over a higher-ranked opponent that they weren't expected to, to beat. And then they followed that up with, uh, with a loss. A loss they shouldn't have had. They shouldn't have had. I should look that up and see how often that's happened. It's, it's fairly because it, I'm pretty it, sure their life as an independent that seems to happen almost every year. Because didn't it happen with them when they beat like Wisconsin a couple years ago and Wisconsin was like top five or something. It happened with them when they beat Texas a while back. I mean, it seems to happen to them every year. They beat an opponent. And everybody's getting all goo goo gaga about how great this team is, and then they followed up with a really disappointing fall in your face. Loss. Yeah, that's last, what they did against Oregon. Yeah, last year they had two top twenty-five teams. They beat Utah, who was twenty-first, Arizona State, who was nineteenth. Won several games, and they went back-to-back uh, -back losses against Boise State and Baylor. That kind of derailed them, but was still a pretty good season for them. Well, then they lost in the Independence Bowl. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. But how much of that is? Uh, Maybe BYU getting ahead of themselves about how good they are or just how good Georgia is compared to how they put a beatdown on Oregon earlier in the season. There's – when you're talking about, like, tiers of college football, there really is a tier one of the teams that will just gobsmack literally every other college team except maybe some of the fellow teams in tier one. Um, then you have everyone else. You know, So in tier one, right, you look at, like, you know, Alabama, Georgia – Ohio State, it can kind of vary. You don't really know how they really shake out, shake out into the playoffs. But, I mean, there really are just one or two teams every year that are just that much better. Like, it's why the college football playoffs are actually, if you look at it, the worst playoffs in all of sports. The reason is because the games are hardly ever interesting. Like, 80% 
of college football playoff games have been blowouts or something to that effect. I should go and do the actual math. But, like, how many playoff games have actually been good? Not very many. Because, Not many. Because one or two of those teams will just be so much better than everyone else that it doesn't matter. It'll be, you know, if you take, you know, number one Georgia and they face, like, number five, you know, who's, whoever's number five this week, and they will blow the heck out of them. 40-17. to 17. It won't even be a close game. The backups will be in by the midway through the third quarter. But they're only supposed to be four ranks apart. It's just, that's just There's how good. a big good, gap. Yeah, yeah. So that, like that's just how good some of these teams at the top are. It just doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, the latest polls did come out today. Georgia, number one in both polls. Uh, Alabama, number two. Ohio State, number three. Michigan, number four. Clemson at number five. Oklahoma, USC, following at six and seven. And then there's a little bit of disparity between the two polls. Kentucky at eight in the AP. Uh, Oklahoma State, number eight in the coaches. And they just flip-flopped each other. Uh, and then Arkansas at number 10 in both, just kind of rounding out your top 10. Uh, Utah, by the way, coming in at uh, 13 in the AP, 14 in the coaches. Oregon is at 15. In the uh, in the AP, so they jumped ten spots. They're the biggest movers, moving up ten spots. So they're number fifteen in the AP, uh, number eighteen in the coaches' poll. They moved up six spots. BYU, meanwhile, falling to nineteen in the AP and twenty three in the coaches' poll. Yeah, and I'm not seeing, but no no Mountain West teams receiving any votes in the AP poll. Uh, looks like Air Force is still receiving a few votes in the coaches. They don't really – nobody in the Mountain West deserves to be getting any votes yeah, in either, to be honest. That's I, true. I, I like to know what coach is talking about Air Force. Um, Maybe it was, what, Colorado? Isn't that the team that beat? I don't know. Which <laughs> – like, who votes in the coaches' polls? Is it, like, all the Division One coaches, or is it, like, a select group of coaches? Is it former coaches? Um, I would think it's all coaches. I've never like looked up who votes exactly. Although there are only, if you look at the first place votes, there are sixty-five, a total of sixty-five first place votes. Yeah, so I'm like half the coaches so, vote basically. Yeah. So who doesn't get a vote? I don't know how that's decided. They probably have like a randomized system or something. Maybe. To spread it around a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they have some kind of system worked out that's probably just fine. Could be. Another text coming through, 9938. BYU is an incredible home team and okay road team. Okay. I mean, I could see that. I mean, they beat Tennessee on the road in 2019. I'm just, I only know that because I'm looking at the 2019 schedule for BYU. <laughs> I, I think generally you're right, though. I mean, uh, BYU does have an incredible home crowd. Their stadium is, I think, bigger than a couple of NFL stadiums, at least in terms of seating capacity. Of course, a lot of college stadiums are bigger than NFL stadiums because NFL stadiums tend to max out at around 70,000. And college stadiums for the bigger ones get up to triple digits almost. Yeah, well, some of them do. There's Some of them are at 100,000 or more. Yeah, so BYU does get wins on the road, uh, even against tough teams. But yeah, in pretty much everyone's better at home than they are on the road. 
we got some more to go through here on the Full Court Press. The uh, Recapping the Region 11 high school football schedule, the latest RPI rankings are out. A lot of movement among uh, Region 11 teams, as you would expect after the weekend that we had. Uh, the other uh, results from the Mountain West Conference over the weekend and a, kind of a wild NFL weekend as well. If you want to weigh in on any of the topics, feel free to chime in, 435-339-0321. We'll also hear from Coach Blake Anderson what he had to say about Logan Bonner after creating a lot of controversy at uh, near the in, well in the second half against Weber State and how fans were reacting and then how Coach reacted to the fans. Uh, he... He shed some more light on Logan Bonner and the situation that he's going through, and we'll share that coming up on the Full Court Press. It's time for the big hunt, but what do you do after you bag your trophy game? This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We have several freezers in stock for you to store your big game harvest, including a Frigidaire 20 cubic foot upright freezer in white for only $9.89. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance Service and Sales, West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advance Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the Fireplace Retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advance Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advance Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancefireplaceandstove.com. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, it started to warm up a little bit again this week. And it's not super hot, but it is warm. And uh, that can be rough on your vehicle if it's not operating at its optimal ability. So make sure you take it into Valvoline Instant Oil Change across from Angie's. They have Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life Oil for your vehicle. Plus, they'll get you back out on the road fast. That's Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main in Logan. Probably so, do for an oil change in a, about a month or so. Uh, my wife's vehicle is actually overdue for an oil change. So Uh-oh. <laughs> Got to get that done. Got to get her done. Uh, reminder, Full Court Press text line is open, 435-339-0321. Um, somebody weighing in on the uh, the coaches', uh, coaches poll. It says, the panel is chosen by random draw, conference by conference, plus independence from a pool of coaches who have indicated to the AFCA their willingness to participate. There we go. That would make sense why there's only 65 first-place votes. Yeah. 
I'd imagine not everyone wants to participate, so that makes sense. Can't force everyone to vote. No, somebody just may. Some coaches may not want to be bothered by it. I'm sure there's a bunch of them. The vast majority of them, I wonder how many of the coaches actually submitting their ballot. <laughs> the PR guy. Yeah. I, I just imagine Nick Saban like pouring over his desk on like a Sunday, like, all right, hold on, let's see, UFC at uh, here, and <laughs> just like, <laughs> who'd Appalachian State play? How'd they do? I can like both see Nick Saban wanting absolutely nothing to do with it or him being definitely into it and having an opinion on every single team in FBS. Uh, it's it's one or the other. Yeah, like sure. either either could be <laughs> I could see either being the case. I'm just not sure which. Uh coach Blake Anderson met with the media today as did Michael Onwanyu and Jacob Self. Audio full audio of their press availability Available on 1069thefan.com, on the 1069thefan mobile app, and on the 1069thefan podcast feed. So various different ways to listen. I've also shared them on my own social media uh, accounts on on the Twitter. But um, but uh, really there's two big things that stood out to me from, from Blake Anderson and his comments to the media, and we'll as the week goes on, we'll dissect more and more of that. But um, one of those was uh, fairly early on, and um, where did it go? Now I think I must have saved it in the wrong place. <laughs> I was going to find the play the audio. Maybe I won't. I was going to set it up talking about his comments about um, uh, Logan Bonner. It's not where it should be right at this moment, so it we may have to punt on that until I go back and find where I saved it. Eh, well, it'll be just like most of the Utah State season so far. <laughs> Misplaced? Punt. Punt. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know where those got saved. Not where I intended them, that's for sure. Huh. Okay, well, during a break, I'll I'll go find where they are. We'll find them. We'll play them because they're, they're good. Good comments because it is relevant. People have been talking about, you know, maybe <laughs> benching Bonner. And it seems like Logan could be on a bit of a short leash. Those are Coach Anderson's words, that he would be on a short leash. But he has uh, a lot of confidence in him. Yeah, he's shown a lot of confidence in Bonner, which I very much respect out of Anderson. And I've, you know, stuck my neck out a little bit for Bonner in saying that, look, He's kind of always been flawed in some way, and this year he's struggling to deal with a l- tremendous loss of talent at the receiver position. And he's also dealing mentally with something, which Anderson, that's probably part of what may be uh, factored into his comments, is that he kind of behind the scenes understood just how hard it was for Bonner so far this year. But at the end of the day, this is a league where it's about performing. Like any sporting event, <laughs> there's not a league where it's not about performing. So, and if he doesn't perform, then unfortunately, that's that. You right. Gotta, you you got to try has and, to move on. Yeah. You you got to win games. That's that's the end game. And if you're not doing that, you have to go with the best option to win. And you know, I've mentioned I don't think Legault is a better passer. But if Bonner doesn't show that he's passing as well as he was last season, then go with Legault, who will at least be sort of solid at passing, and adds a dimension of the run game. Maybe that can be a pot. That's something at least try if Bonner just isn't getting it done anymore. Right. And that's, that's just the, one of the biggest dimensions to 
the the option that's there with Laga or Williams is that they have that running attack that teams know they have to at least respect that the either of those quarterbacks could roll out and scramble for yards. The read option will actually be a thing instead of me having to watch over and over again the backside defensive end tackle Calvin Jr. from behind as he's hitting the hole. I'd like to actually see them <laughs> capitalize on actually making that defensive end make a decision. Yeah, right. And, yeah, so many other little things. Uh, but uh, if you want to weigh in, love to hear from you, 435-339-0321. Shifting to high school football, um, interesting weekend on a Friday night throughout Region 11 where it looked like there were some teams in their non-region. We weren't quite sure just you know how they were going to look um, because you know, various degrees of strength of competition that was going on. And then region play started, and I think we started to see, okay, maybe some things are starting to happen for these teams. Some teams came in with a little bit of momentum on their side to the start of region. And, and then last Friday happened. <laughs> Last Friday happened. And it's like, well, none of that really went how we thought things probably were going to go. Uh, Bear River, who struggled against Green Canyon, and Green Canyon hadn't had any offense against anybody uh, the week previous. Uh, Bear River gave up a lot. Then they turn around and they beat up on Logan, 41-20. to yeah, that, that was the game I was thinking, all right, Logan should be able to have a solid game. Green Canyon tripled their season's offense when playing Bear River. And Logan's had some success moving the ball against teams at times. Um, particularly, they've been able to make big plays with Andrew Thornley, which they actually did against Bear River. And they've had a run game that's shown some, uh, you know, some capabilities. You know, um, uh, Mason, I'm forgetting his first name. Titan? Titan. Yeah, I'm confusing him with Titan Jones, the Bear River running back. Um, but Titan Mason, he ran for buck eighty six the week before. Ethan Bracken had run for like 110 a few weeks back, and I think he ended up he might have crossed 100 yards last week as well. But like Logan just couldn't finish drives, and then they couldn't stop anything that Bear River was doing. Bear River got back to their offensive ways. They had some prolific offense early on, but then the two weeks before, they'd averaged two touchdowns a game scored 14 against green Canyon and then 13 the week before against like, I can't remember who, but you know, they came in not scoring as much. Then they exploded again. And it was just, it was just surprising because for Logan, it really was a chance for them to build momentum where they didn't have any expectations. They beat Skyview first time since 2013. You go against a bird river team who seems to be struggling. You could go two and zero. You know, and start potentially taking control of the region. Let me just lay an egg at home. Yeah, so kind of surprising there. Probably the biggest surprise was uh, Logan struggling more than Bear River being explosive because they they showed some games earlier where they looked like they had that potential, um, and so that wasn't that much of a surprise. I guess the bigger surprise for me was just how Logan seemed to struggle and how much they gave up. Uh, and how much their their defense gave up. Yeah, because their defense had done really well stopping the run at times. And they had a lot of practice stopping some, you know, tricky run games. They played three option teams. 
they stopped the first two, allowed like 200 combined yards between the two teams, uh, two option teams. And then Woods Cross, they, you know, Woods Cross is a 5A team. They're better this year, more athletic. They beat up on Logan. But they done really well generally against the run, and then Bear River comes out and just runs at will. Titan Jones was the Cash Valley Media Player of the Week. Ran for nigh on 200 yards. And then Riker Jepsen was running at will. He did really well with his feet as well at quarterback. So Logan, who'd done pretty well, especially up the gut, they'd struggled a little bit when teams ran on the outside, but even up, Jones ran a lot of his plays up the middle and just kept breaking tackles. You know, a Logan team has been pretty good at tackling, and they just couldn't bring him down. So that, that was like the huge surprise of the game. It was like, okay, teams have put up points against Logan, but they beat Logan's strength on defense to put up all those points. Yeah, really really surprising. Um, and then uh, another one that was surprising, we've kind of already alluded to this, uh, Green Canyon, who earlier in the year was struggling to score any points whatsoever, all of a sudden has a huge offensive explosion in Garland, and we're thinking, okay, maybe Green Canyon has found itself in where they were struggling before. Well, they reverted back to the mean and went back to where they've been, and they just could not get any offense going at Mountain Crest, and the Mustangs shut them out 14 to nothing. Yeah, just that, that was less surprising, I think, to me because – you predicted but, it would be a low-scoring... Yeah, well, because both of these teams have struggled on offense in yes. a big way. Both teams have a good defense. So I figured, okay, Green Canyon was just playing Mountain... or Yeah, Green Canyon's offensive explosion was because Bear River had one of the worst defenses in terms of points allowed in 4A and even among the states. So I figured, okay, that kind of made sense. So Green Canyon getting shut out here wasn't a huge surprise to me. This was like the one game where I was like, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. The other two games is what completely threw me for a loop. <laughs> and that third one is Skyview at Ridgeline. It was homecoming for the Riverhawks. And uh, it's what started out as kind of a low-scoring affair early, Skyview just really got things rolling in the second half and just didn't let off the gas. It was uh, takeaways, turnovers, uh, and explosive plays for Skyview. And Ridgeline just never could get rolling for them. And I wondered, going into that game, how there's a little bit of a rivalry between these two schools. Now, Coach Howell was at Ridgeline before he went to Skyview. Uh, these Basically, the last few years, the region champ and eventual you know, whoever's going to have a deep run in the state playoffs has come between those two schools out of Region 11. So high-profile programs and what they've done and couple that with the controversy at Ridgeline over the last week, and I thought that could be a really interesting matchup. I did not expect to see Ridgeline just flat struggle from virtually start to finish in this one. So kudos to Skyview after being kind of embarrassed on their home field a week ago, turned things around and put it to the Riverhawks. Yeah, this was a huge win for Skyview because, as I was kind of saying, I think I believe I said this last week, is that this is Skyview's basically – last chance to turn things around, you know, and have a chance to to win the region. You know, losing at Logan last week or the week before was huge. You know, Logan, not a team with expectations. And Logan, now they're not doing anything with that victory, losing to Bear River. So Skyview needed this, and they almost take control of the region now because they've got the win in hand over Ridgeline, who 
seem to be the best team. I think Ridgeline's still like fourth in the RPI. Um, I think the RPI, it came out earlier, Yeah, right? it did. Yep. I looked at it and it, it had changed, so I was assuming it had come out. Because Ridgeline was number two in the RPI when it first came out. Means you know beating that team who I think will probably still mostly run the table. You know, Ridgeline should win most of the rest of their games, if not all of them. But you know if you're Skyview and you have that win in hand, you can end up winning the region now. You have control. Sure, you got that loss to Skyview, but you know you at least have the win over Ridgeline, and this can vault them into Skyview themselves running the table the rest of the way. Well, before the season, we we said you know th- this year. Region 11 is as open as it's been in a long time. And now we're into week, coming into week seven, it's still as open <laughs> as it's been because everybody in region play, at least in region standings, everybody is at one and one. So uh, it, it's it's still very much a, a fluid situation over these next several weeks, um, it, 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 which makes it really, really fun. Because it's hard to predict. It's as open as, as anybody. Hard to predict any game. Uh, you have a Thursday night matchup this week. Green Canyon's homecoming hosting Ridgeline. It'll be Thursday at 7 o'clock. All of the games will be Friday at 7. But um, very few teams will be playing on Thursday night, and that'll include Green Canyon and Ridgeline. So, you know, how how does uh, Ridgeline respond to what happened to them a week ago, and how does Green Canyon rediscover their offense, which we saw for a blip, but can they can they find it again? Yeah, it'll be a huge game for both teams. And, yeah, we brought this up earlier in the year. This region could come down to the last couple of weeks. You know, with some of these, you know, upsets that we weren't expecting, that throws wrenches into the standings and it brings out crazy tiebreaker scenarios where you know maybe two teams are playing you know a final matchup but then another game has an impact on who wins the region so we could be looking at every single game the last week of region play and saying all right every single game matters because we'll have to compile all the results and figure out you know what mess we've created <laughs> and that's that's amazing yes. i love those kind of things where you get into the you know, because the last few years it's been, oh, yeah, this team's undefeated, and of course they're going to win like 40-17 to 17 this week because, you know, Ridgeline's just that good that year. Skyview's just that good. You know, we had two straight seasons of a team in Region 11 just going undefeated. And that, that can be exciting because you're watching a really good team, but in, in terms of just looking at the whole region, it's kind of boring because you can just – so often in high school you can just predict who's going to win because teams are just that much better. But when you have something like this – Maybe the champion isn't going to come out of Region 11, which you lose. You know, you can't have as much pride in the region if they're not having just the team. But it can be so much more fun to cover because it's so unpredictable. Right, every week is could be totally different. Yeah. Uh, so the latest RPI standings for football have Ridgeline at number four, Mountain Crest at number six. They're the one team that didn't move. They're the same where they were a week ago. Everybody else had movement. As you mentioned, Ridgeline dropped two spots. Uh, Logan is at eight. Um, they dropped a spot. Skyview moved up a spot. They're at nine. Green Canyon at ten. Bear River at eleven. So you have eight, nine, ten, and eleven. I don't think Bear River moved either because I think they were eleven last time. Um, I think they. I'll double check. I, I thought everybody moved except for Logan. I three moved. Like... Three dropped. Two. Mo- uh, yeah. 
Uh, we'll go back and I couldn't check. find like I was trying to get to the first one and I couldn't find a link that would take me to the first one. Oh, we have it on Cash Valley Daily every week. Ah, yes, I should go there. Yes. That would be useful. Handy resource. Um, by the way, since we're talking RPI, shout out to Skyview and Green Canyon in volleyball, number one and number two in the state. Ridgeline at number four. Uh, and in girls' soccer, Mountain Crest and Ridgeline at number two, Green Canyon at number four. So uh, some great uh, sports uh, you know, being played and, and accomplishments in Region 11 and other sports as well. Don't want to leave them out. So go check it out. The latest RPI standings for football, volleyball, and girls' soccer right now on Cash Valley Daily. Another quick timeout, and uh, we're going to try to find some audio from the press conference earlier today from Blake Anderson talking about Logan Bonner and mental health awareness. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Have you thought about your furnace lately? Of course not. It's hot outside. Now's a great time to start thinking about replacing it or having it serviced for fall and winter. Advanced Heating and Air will help you get some of the industry's best rebates on a new high-efficient York furnace installed in your home. Or one of Advanced Heating and Air's service professionals can service your furnace for the upcoming winter season. Call today, 752-7272, or schedule a free estimate at advancedheating-ac.com. York. Install confidence. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services. Hi, my name is Chad Mangum from Aegis Home Health and Hospice. For the last 21 years, I've been providing nursing services to the community of Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Aegis represents the breastplate of Zeus and is symbolic of being a protector of the community. At Aegis Healthcare, we know you will experience the difference. With our core values of character, experience, and trust, we know that we can meet any of your healthcare needs wherever you call home. Call us today at 723-9000 or check us out at myagis.com. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Four, five. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. 
right, coming up this weekend for Utah State's next home game. We're doing our pregame show. KVNU game day coverage will begin uh, at 3.30 at Prodigy Brewing on Center Street. So stop by and say hi. Al Lewis will be there. I'll be there a little bit later. But uh, countdown to kickoff against UNLV. Uh, they got Oktoberfest, which will be kicking off in just a few days. They'll have specials like brats and German potato salad with house-made sauerkraut and mustard. Uh, they got Prodigy Brewing. Uh, it's just a family-friendly place. They have a kid's menu as well. So don't miss out. Come check us out at the KVNU game day. Coverage starting at 3.30 on Saturday at Prodigy Brewing right there on Center Street in downtown Logan. I don't want to knock one of our lovely sponsors, but you say Oktoberfest beginning in a few days? Yes. <laughs> Do we need to show them a calendar? No, this is very common wherever you go. Oktoberfest usually begins mid to late September. I have a problem with these kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it says Oktoberfest. It says, it says October. But the calendar says it's September. Something different. Um, I'm sure it'll be lovely, though. The only the only thing wrong with it, I'm sure, will be the fact that it's Oktoberfest in September. <laughs> but I'm sure the food makes up for it. Yes. So that'll be fun. Stop by and say hi before uh, before you go up to the game and to see Utah State take on UNLV. Um, let's do this. Another quick timeout. We'll make this fast. Uh, another quick timeout. I want to come back. We've got pick six results we want to get to. Uh, we'll hear from Coach Blake Anderson in a little bit. We did find the audio. We discovered where it was hiding. And uh, more about the uh, what, the press conference today, what was said for Utah State as they get ready to take on UNLV. And what was this last week like for a team that was hurting in a lot of ways? That's coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. The long NFL contracts are dumb. But still, the point is the same. Like, you're under contract for five years. You wanted the security. Well, part of the security with a five-year contract, part of the security with a four-year contract, part of the security is those are the years you're under contract. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust this stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. And when you buy Napa Auto Parts, you're getting the best. When you pull into one of the five locally owned Preston of Providence Napa stores, that not only make sure you get the right battery or wiper blades, they'll even help you install it. At Napa Auto Parts. Uh, Blake Anderson, Michael Anwanyu, Jacob South met with members of the media today. And uh, uh, interesting things that were said. Uh, some of the big takeaways for me, there was a player-only meeting that was called. 
and led by the players, which those can be pretty productive if you've got good leadership on your team. Now, I think there are some leaders on this team, but Coach Anderson has expressed a concern about where those leaders are, and they haven't been as vocal as they need to be, holding their their teammates and themselves accountable. So hopefully that's spurning more of that along. Uh, Logan Bonner's knee has been medically checked multiple times and cleared multiple times. But there's a level of anxiety that he's dealing with and trying to gain confidence in his own leg. And that uh, the, the team, the football program, is going to be doing several things over the next couple of weeks to highlight mental health and how people can get resources and information. They've had some mental health professionals visit with the team this past week. They have more planned. Um, and they're going to be doing some special things on Saturday. You'll see some green ribbon stickers on their helmets and some uh, ribbons that the coaches will be wearing uh, on their clothes to highlight a mental health awareness and some people that are out there trying to raise awareness and at least let people know of different resources that are available. Yeah, it makes sense considering they. this feels like it's coming out of the blue and part of that may be they're realizing they're dealing with mental health in some way, especially Bonner. And so when they have people come in, you know, it can make these guys kind of passionate about that. And so now they're wanting to spread the word. So uh, you can hear all of the audio from the press conference today on our uh, 106.9 The Fan podcast feed. We've got it linked on our website, 106.9thefan.com, on the 106.9 The Fan uh, app uh, as well. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll play some, some portions of what Coach Anderson had to say here in a little bit. And uh, also Jacob South and Michael Anwanyu addressed the media also. Uh, 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in on our full court press text line. Uh, by the way, 8003 text in previously. Um, everyone has, a, I don't want to say rivalry, but the whole Valley immensely dislikes Ridgeline. Yeah, they do come off as the kind of school that everybody dislikes. I went to a school that everyone kind of disliked. Uh so, it kind of happens, especially when you have that air of being like the rich school, which Ridgeline kind of has to some degree. So. Which I don't really fully understand, to be Neither honest, I. because I think Green Canyon probably has they should have the same a higher thing. income base based on yeah. their especially because they get the, like the, the new towns that yeah. feed them. It's like you'd think Green Canyon and Ridgeline would kind of both have that, but Ridgeline's kind of the only one that has that negative reputation from that. So, <laughs> but everyone does dislike Ridgeline for some reason. Uh, yeah. Probably for some justifiable reasons. I don't know. I don't want to get in. I don't want to try and speak for anybody or but accuse anybody. They don't boo nobodies. Yeah. I've heard that say before. <laughs> uh, all right. We, uh, we've got a lot more to get through here on the Full Court Press. What Coach Anderson had to say about Logan Bonner and his knee and just standing by his guy. But also making it clear, in his words, he has a short leash uh, for Logan Bonner. If he's not getting it done, then they will go to the next option, which is Cooper Lagaw. Uh, and then what is the team planning on doing this week to address mental health and uh, how you as a fan can get behind it and help spread the word as well? That's all coming up next hour here on the Full Court Press. First down.
I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Tuatonga Vailoa dominated at Alabama and was rewarded by being selected number five overall in the 2020 draft. But throughout the offseason, people have wondered if he would ever develop into an elite quarterback. Miami has flirted with great quarterbacks like Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson in the offseason. But the team is stuck with Tua. The quarterback still has a long way to go until he can be in a conversation with really good quarterbacks. But his performance on Sunday was a big first step. He threw for over 450. 50 yards and six touchdowns, leading the Dolphins back from a 21-point fourth-quarter deficit. Miami has finished with a winning record in back-to-back seasons, so the Dolphins' early season success isn't shocking. But if this Sunday was maybe a glimpse at what his ceiling could be in Miami, that new offense, the battle for the AFC title, may have gotten just a little more competitive. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.